Big monster that almost ate the Millennium Falcon in the Empire Strikes Back. It's the IGN Digiguide. So please welcome two men who pity the fool, Wade Major and Mark Kaiser. And because Mark's not wearing his headphones, he didn't hear the intro. So you can't answer the question as to why we don't actually have a listener to whom to attribute that intro. Because uh, you wrote it. Oh, I wrote it. Yeah, you wrote it. In that case, it was damn funny. <laughs> uh, that's beautiful. Uh, Mark, I, I, I understand that you have an issue with how uh, pull quotes are being used in the promotion of a certain DVD. Would you yeah. care to share that with us? Well, I, I would, wait, and maybe you can uh, elaborate on this, or maybe yeah. you can uh, tell sure. me what the deal is. So um, I'm uh, flipping through a uh, home video magazine, and there's, a, uh, there's an ad for a movie called Eyes Wide Open. Yes. And there's a pull quote in the ad. I, I don't know if it's in the um, if it's on the DVD box. Don't have the DVD. I just have the ad. Yeah. And the pull quote is fascinates an evocative, powerful coming out coming out in religion story. It's basically about two uh, gay uh, uh, yeshiva students. Yeah. Fascinates an evocative, powerful coming out in religion story. Box Office Magazine. Uh-huh. Interesting. They got a pull quote from Box Office Magazine. Fascinating, isn't it? Yeah. Except for one thing. What? I reviewed Eyes Wide Open for Box Office Magazine, and I didn't write that. Wow. <laughs> so I don't know. Although I gave the film a positive review. I liked it. Uh, I didn't write that. So I don't know where they got that quote from. It's interesting. You know, I have to say, a little, little bit of uh, a little glimpse behind the curtains for our listeners it often does happen that we are solicited for quotes by publicists, by uh, distributors, who will call you up or they'll send you an email saying, oh, my gosh, we have this little movie. Could you tell us? Could you take a look at it and maybe give us a, a nice quote to use for the box? And most of the time we say, uh, I might hate it, so do you really want to do that? But occasionally it's like, oh, yeah, I saw it. I, I saw it and I liked it. I'd be happy to help you out with something. And we'll give them a quote. But then the they, they, the attribution for the quote winds up being either the outlet or us through the outlet when in fact somebody else entirely reviewed it. So you do get that very often. It's it's a weird. We've talked about it here too when Pete Hammond was quoted in one of your. That is uh, true. A yeah. movie that I reviewed for Box Office. Pete, Pete Hammond, Hammond got a quote from <laughs> Box Office. Now what's what's possible, of course, is that uh, you know uh, uh, Pete Hammond yeah it, it likes a lot of movies. <laughs> Let's say, <laughs> and publicists uh, and distributors and publicists know that Pete Hammond likes a lot of movies. So if you need yes. if you need a positive quote about your movie, you go to the guy who likes a lot of movies. True. And uh, Pete Hammond writes for Box Office Magazine. Yes. So if Pete he is Hammond, a colleague of ours. Yes. Mm -hmm. So the fact is that Box Office Magazine is going to go is going to you know Box Office will acquiesce to this because they want the name sure. Box Office Magazine on a DVD box. Of course. So the fact is that um, I don't know why we're getting into this because nobody really cares. Nobody cares. But I did uh, uh, I did find it interesting that a movie that I reviewed and reviewed positively by the way. In, in, the DVD has a pull quote uh, that I didn't uh, write. Let's pick our winners from last week. What? Let's last week we had winners. a uh, we we had a giveaway and we got another one this week. Fox is being so good to us. We love them. I want to. We're gonna uh, we're gonna give away three Blu-rays of Last of the Mohicans right now. We're gonna give them away, and Mark's gonna pick. These are the pieces of paper. Wait, you've done a much better job in writing Thank the names you. down and folding them into paper. Look well, I, I I just printed Here we out go. the emails. I'm going to throw them down. And I'm going to pick this one. Okay. This is fun. I wish we could do this every week. Oh, I saw it. You printed out their emails. Yes, I did. Oh, that made it easy. Uh, Richmond Eesman. Awesome. Last of the Mohicans. He is from Anaheim, California, that Richmond Eesman. Congratulations. Cool. I will then pick this one. This one. We really uh, went to town on this. I did. Uh, looks like Nathan Craig. Awesome. Nathan, congratulations. Nathan Craig. By the way, Nathan Craig, uh, please email us your um, address. Okay. Because otherwise, go. Nathan, uh, you will not be getting your DVD or your Blu-ray. And leastly but not lastly, we have Paul Higginbotham. Awesome. Uh, Paul Higginbotham. Lovely. Does Paul Higginbotham live in Gotham? I don't know. Uh, hang on a second. Awesome. Wait a second. Uh, Paul Higginbotham wrote us something. Mm -hmm. 
There once was a young man, Mohican, and at a white girl he was Pekin. But Magua said die, so he fell through the sky, and a hero for the sequel they're seeking. That's pretty good. Not bad. Not Paul bad Higginbotham from West Virginia. Paul went above and beyond. Look at that. West Virginia. Mountain Mama. Isn't, yeah. Take me home, country road. We Congrats, like guys, and uh, we're glad that we ha- had something good to give you. Black now, Blu-ray of like an actual classic, yeah. modern classic movie. Well, we got another one. What? This week, we're going to be giving away three DVDs, not Blu-rays, but three DVDs Aww. of Predators. Ooh, that's a good one. It is a good one. I like Predators. Yeah. I so do like three, Predators. Three DVDs of Wait Predators. Wait a minute. I want one. I don't know if I do. I want, yeah, you know what? I want one. You want one? Yeah. Okay. Well, you'll, you'll, you'll get the one that we're reviewing. Yay. Uh, Predators, here's what you do. Send us an email. To gods at digigods.com uh, with predators in the in the uh, subject line. Predators. No no predators with a Z or any weird spellings. Just give us predators. Just P-R-E-D-A-T-O-R-S. And uh, include your address in the body of the email. And we will uh, we'll take the receipt of them between uh, any day, you know, Wednesday or Thursday of uh, this week. As long as we get the email by... Um, midnight Thursday. We will Thursday. Uh, what day? Oh, you see, it could be a Thursday that's already passed. Okay, a Thursday that's in the fine. future. It's going to be. We have to receive the emails uh, on the twentieth or the twenty-first Pacific time. So on that, those actual days, twentieth and twenty-first, and we'll uh, do our drawing next week, and we'll uh, give away three predators. Can I say the names? Cause it's fun. Yes. Thanks, Uncle Wade. It is fun doing the drawing, isn't it? It's, a, it's better than what we've done in the past. I want to read a couple of emails, too, by the way. Uh, we've got a bunch of interesting emails. You can always email us at gods at digigods.com. Check out the Facebook page. Check out uh, Stupid for Movies at uh, stupidformovies.com or youtube.com slash stupidformovies. Thursday nights, 8 p.m. Pacific time. Our good friend Nicholas Gordon writes and says, uh, Dear Wade Mark, just wondering, what's the deal with the Blu-ray release of the A-Team? All of the big popcorn movies that came out during the summer are either out or have release dates except this one. Mark, where is it? Where is the A-Team? Uh, where is it? Yeah. I, I don't know. In my it's, pants? It, it's kind of weird, though, isn't it? I mean, he's right. Well, but a- don't forget, too, is that you know the, the A-Team is uh, the A-Team DVD is competing with all the films that beat it when it was released see, see, theatrically. That's, that's what I emailed him back. I, 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 think, I think what they want to do is they want to sort of – they realize that the movie kind of clunked uh, during the summer, and they want to own whatever week it gets released on. So they probably figure if they release that movie in January or February, then they'll probably do better numbers. I'm sure somebody ran, uh, you know, ran a spreadsheet on it. And then uh, Jason Lair says, I bought the Thin Red Line Blu-ray as you recommended, and it is recommended and it is excellent in the liner notes. It describes the process used to clean up the print and transfer the film. Do you have a rough idea of the difference in cost between a good transfer with cleaned up elements and a cranked out POS that they just gave to a monkey? Also, what percentage of the box office gross, video on demand, and DVD slash Blu-ray sales actually goes to the studio? How much gross does a company need to make on, say, a $100 million film to recoup costs on ticket sales alone? Thanks, and keep up the great work on IGN and Streaming Garage. Um, That question could take up a whole show to answer. Uh, but basically, uh, I sent him an email back and I said, you, you know, a lot of the percentages on those things, nobody knows they differ. And, and certainly when in theatrical release, the percentage is higher for the studio and opening weekends. And then it, you know, shifts to sliding scale that defaults to exhibitors as it goes in uh, along its run. But generally speaking, a movie needs to recoup four and a half times its negative cost. It used to be less than that. It used to be less. But that's given how much marketing is now and then the fact that a lot of these are debt financed. And you, you, you factor in the debt and then you factor in percentages that all – you know the piece of the pie that is taken out by all the different participants. Four and a half is, is pretty much the, uh, the equation now, which is ridiculous because if you make a movie for – I mean you think Avatar, $300 million. Yeah, okay, four and a half. It made it back. But, geez, that's a big hole to dig yourself. Well, and it's true because, you know – and nowadays, we're sort of beyond the $20 million Jim Carrey, yeah. Tom Cruise paydays that they used to give away Well, the routinely. movies are getting cheaper. They're yeah. the average studio film now. It's, I mean, it, it, 10 years ago, it was $65 million. Today, it's 40 That's incredible. But the marketing costs have gone up, so they're still spending the same amount. You know, it's weird. Anyway. Um, all right, moving on. Let's talk about DVDs. 
We're, we're, gonna, we're here to talk about DVDs? And Blu-rays. Interesting. Yes. We're going to start off by talking about the 50th anniversary Blu-ray edition of Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho, which is a film I was not expecting to see on Blu-ray this soon, i got to be honest. But Universal has gone ahead and they have given us a beautiful, wonderful, fabulous black and white Psycho, which includes a whole bunch of cool bonus features, uh, including a Saul Bass storyboard bit on the shower scene and newsreel uh, footage, and then uh, inter- excerpts from uh, Hitchcock Truffaut, the interviews, and uh, a lot of other really, really cool little uh, featurette deals, posters. It's, it's, a, it's a nice little cornucopia of uh, psychophilia. And then there... What? I, and, and then there's Maud? Psychophilia. That's good. You like that? I do. There's also a commentary by a guy named Stephen Rabello who wrote uh, a book on the making of Psycho, which is – it's okay. It's not brilliant, but it's great enough to pass muster. And then we have – hang on. We're, we're psychoing out here. Then we have the Psycho Legacy, which is a really, really cool retrospective of the whole Psycho phenomenon. Now, this, uh, it's, uh, this comes from Shout Factory, but it was made by some other people. And they're just releasing it. So uh, it's, it's fine. I, I expected a little bit more, i got to be honest. Um, but it's perfectly acceptable. It's just, it seems like a lot of material that's not extremely terribly well organized. But it, it is perfectly acceptable. You get some, you know, it's, it's like this is the ultimate disc of extras. But I don't know. that I think this stuff should have been on the Blu-ray as extras. I agree. But however, uh, now, they get to, yeah. now they get to charge you Tons twice of for... Psycho stuff. There's actually – I saw a clip. There's a very interesting story in the Psycho Legacy DVD. There's a couple of interesting stories. They, they – uh, 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 It's and, just not – it just should have been extras on the Blu-ray as opposed to its own standalone. But, but, it, but there's but, some good stuff there. The, the, the clip that I saw, Anthony Perkins – you're putting that Psycho away, aren't you? Uh, just for now. No fun. Um, Anthony Perkins talks about the only good moment from Psycho 2. Yeah. Not only the only good moment from Psycho 2, but the only good word that was spoken in Psycho 2. Yeah. Cutlery. Remember how he says the word oh, cutlery? Yeah. There was a scene in the kitchen where somebody uh, where uh, uh, somebody references a knife. And so because Norman Bates has quite a history with knives, when he says the word cutlery, he stumbles over it. And it was a great moment in the film. And, I uh, that. and what, whatever happened to Richard Franklin? I don't know. But uh, uh, Tony Perkins uh, tells a story about how he wound up reading that word that way. And it's an interesting story, only because it's literally the most, the only memorable thing about Psycho 2 is the way that Tony Perkins read that line. And there's a story about that on Psycho Legacy. Oh my gosh, he died. Richard Franklin died. Well, most people do, Wade. At age 58, three years ago. Really? I didn't even know that. What else did he direct? Oh, he, he, freaking a lot of great movies. I mean, uh, 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 Psycho 2, Cloak and Dagger. Um, Ooh, with Dabney Coleman. You remember that? That was a terrific movie. He did, he did FX2. A lot of really cool uh, horror films early on in Australia, in his native Australia. No, a lot of... Wow. He died. That kind of freaks me out a little bit. Okay, he also did Patrick. You ever see that creepy film? Creepy yeah, it was film. the uh, Patrick uh, Stewart story. Yeah, exactly. Okay, and then we also have uh, the – well, this is helping out uh, Corey Feldman's boat payments. It's uh, Lost Boys, The Thirst. No, 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 no. This is not helping Corey Feldman's boat. <laughs> this is putting food on his table. This is helping him pay his rent, not his mortgage, his rent, yeah, I'm sure. true. I actually have a really funny Corey Feldman story, uh, but I can't really tell it because it's sort of sad. Uh, and secondhand, not really secondhand. It's like uh, half hand. Okay. Well, as you might imagine, this is Lost Boys. This is from Warner Premiere, which is their direct to DVD line, and uh, it's you know a desperate attempt to keep the Lost Boys saga going. And using Corey Feldman is kind of the you know the the lone linkage, the lone thread that justifies calling it a Lost Boys movie. Um, boy, it's it's really really weak. I got to tell you, more of this Corey Feldman vampire stuff. And now that vampire movies have sort of moved beyond, now that we sort of have 
Let Me In on the one hand and Twilight on the other and then all these other knockoffs in the middle. This just feels like old hat. Well, it was so funny hearing uh, uh, Corey Feldman talk about how this one's different because you'll find out what happened to the Frog Brothers. Yeah, whatever. Who cares? what? Who are the – nobody cares what happened to the Frog and, Brothers. As if anybody remembers. Exactly. No, it's – This is terrible. You know what? He's got He's got food on the table. Wait. Food on the table. Food on the table. Uh, Blu-ray of Callus Forever – is uh, another unexpected Blu-ray. This is a Franco Zeffirelli film that's about Maria Callas starring Fanny Ardant and Jeremy Irons. I saw this. Uh, Joan Plowright's in this, too. I saw this at the American Film Market years ago, and it's a lovely film, and it got a nothing release, and uh, here it is suddenly showing up on Blu-ray. Uh, so bravo a little bit for Image for, for getting this out there. Um, it is a really good film. It's nice, a nice film to, to sort of discover. Maria Callas, of course, is sort of the original diva because she was literally... A diva. When we call all these pop singers today divas, no. You've got to be an opera singer to be a real diva. And boy, was she a diva. Fanny Ardant, the great French actress, does a beautiful job as Maria Callas. And uh, probably the last good thing that Jeremy Irons did before he started being a parody of himself, I've got to tell you. But it's, it's quite good, and, and uh, Zeffirelli hasn't made... Has he made anything since? I think this may be the last thing Zeffirelli? he did. Zeffirelli? Yeah. Is he still even around? Yeah, he's still doing his thing, you know. God, that's bizarre. The guy's so talented. Maybe he's just too old. I don't know. He, anyway, he's got to be old. Anyway, I do recommend this. It's a, it's a solid Blu-ray. It's not dazzling, and there aren't many extras, just a little featurette and a, and a trailer. But it's um, it's worth it. You know what's not worth it? Hmm. The Nightmare on Elm Street reboot. Oh, God. You love this movie. This is the greatest movie Boo. ever. Uh, this was uh, directed by Samuel Bayer, who's a kind of a There's another guy. Platinum Dunes deal. Another Platinum Dunes deal. What, what, what they do is they, they take an old 80s horror uh, franchise and they uh, light it through a blast furnace. So it's all like, you know, everybody's all just golden-hued and sweaty and dirty and, and they all die. Yeah, Jackie Earl Haley. You know what? Can't get better casting than that. I mean, he's really he's the guy. Yes. But uh, in the end, this is just another one of those films. I I think this Blu-ray is very very nicely done. It's very sharp. It's I mean, it's a really good transfer. The dark the the blacks in it are really 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 solid. Um, the only problem is exactly what said. It's the movie. Jackie Earl Haley is perfectly cast. He is terrific, but. The rest of the movie feels too slick. It feels too calculated. It doesn't sort of have that energy that the uh, the original had. It's unfortunate. But there it is. Uh, you know, there's a uh, film I can uh, sort of uh, recommend, which was kind of interesting, called Holy Rollers. Now, Holy Rollers... Oh, it's got that guy from the uh, Facebook movie. That's true. Uh, Jesse Eisenberg, uh, who plays Mark Zuckerberg in uh, Social Network... Uh, plays the uh, lead role here. He's this. Uh, he lives in a in a Hasidic community in New York, and he's recruited by this uh, Israeli drug smuggler to, you know, kind of take quote unquote medicine. Ah, oh, yes, yeah. the old the old medicine. Exactly. So he goes he goes overseas to get some quote unquote medicine and then bring it back to the states for sale, and he gets caught up in this whole world. And uh, you know, it's really not that bad. I I, I kind of like this movie. It was. It's got a terrific performance by. Um, Justin Bartha, who plays um, Jesse Eisenberg's brother, I really liked him in it. And uh, you know what? It's it's really not bad. Uh, the special features include a commentary by Jesse Eisenberg, so he obviously believes in it too. There's five um, deleted scenes that doesn't need. Uh, and so there you go. So Holy Rollers, uh, it's a small film, indie film. Kevin Ash is the uh, director. And uh, it's a nice little small film, Holy Rollers. I, I would kind of recommend that, especially if you're of the Jewish faith. I remember when you saw it, and I'm, I'm kind of re- – I'm sorry I never got around to it. Yeah. Yeah. Good. good. Now, uh, did you get around to the Roger Corman cult classic double feature of – So awesome. The Warrior and the Sorceress. And Barbarian Queen. I remember Barbarian Queen. Yeah. The Warrior and the Sorceress is, is, is stupid. It, you know what's funny is that these, they're calling these Roger Corman's uh, cult classic double features. No. The cult classics are the ones that are not double features. The double features are the ones that they just throw away. Um, <laughs> the Warrior and the Sorceress. No, but, but that one starred Lana Clarkson. Yeah. No, but The Warrior and the Sorceress, look, look at whose body that is on the poster. Here, I just you to, bumped no, the mic. Look, look, at who's, look at the body on the poster. Now, who, what actor do you think that is? Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. No, look at, look at the names. Huh? Look at the names. Look at the names. No, look at the names. Down below. Credit bed. Credit bed. Is it raining? Um, David Carradine? <laughs> that ain't David Carradine's body. <laughs> that was never David Carradine's uh, body. It's too funny. Anyway, they, they have these Frank Frazetta-style artwork on here, which was all inspired, obviously, by Conan and the movie No, but look, look who stars in Barbarian Queen. 
Yeah, I know. Barbarian, Barbarian Queen is actually kind of a fun movie. Um, Lana Clarkson. Yep. Now, Lana Clarkson murdered Phil yes. Spector, convicted of, uh, yep. convicted of second-degree murder in relation to the death. You betcha. Crazy, right? I know. Isn't that weird? Wow. Freaky. But anyway, despite that, it's actually kind of a fun uh, Conan-y knockoff. The Warrior and the Sorceress is, is crap. Uh, but the only way you can actually get Barbarian Queen is on this double feature. So there it is. Yeah, but Wade, Dolph Lundgren. Oh, my gosh. It's the goofiest artwork I have ever seen on a DVD. It really is. Uh, the Killing Machine is uh, Dolph Lundgren's straight no, no. video thing? What? It's not. No, no. It is Dolph Lundgren is the Killing Machine. You know it. I urge everyone to go online and Google the Killing Machine and Dolph Lundgren and take a look at the artwork for this thing. You will laugh. It is hysterical. Well, uh, here he directs also, which he's uh, done in the past. and uh, We've interviewed him, actually. We have interviewed him. He's really smart. I mean, he's, you know, he's got a master's degree in physics or something. And Well, in this one, uh, he doesn't really matter. He's, uh, he's the killing machine. He's, yeah, he's, uh, the he's a KGB assassin, yeah, and he yeah. kills He's people. got a gun, and he blows crap up. What? He doesn't, you know, he's not a bad director, I've got to say. I just wish he'd—and he was very good in The Expendables. I really enjoyed him. But I wish he'd do some better movies on his own. Uh, i got a couple of classics here. You're going to wonder, why am I talking about Bob Hope and the Lemon Drop Kid in the same breath that I talk about Predators? I don't know, just because I feel like it. Bob Hope is the Lemon Drop Kid. Uh, this is just such a hysterical, funny, wonderful movie. It also happens to have uh, Fred Mertz from I Love Lucy in it. Oh, uh, uh, William Frawley. Really Not playing Fred Mertz, of course. Uh, no, Lemon Drop Kid is a crazy, wacky, nutty Bob Hope uh, comedy set in the West. And um, you know what? It's really, really funny. And I'm, I'm glad they're starting to release all these Bob Hope movies all over again through Shout Factory because the transfers from their previous releases, which were mostly public domain houses, were junk. And this is actually really, really fun. Tor Johnson's in this, by the way, too. Tor Johnson? Yeah, from Plan 9. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, that guy's funny. I know. It's hysterical. Big, bald, freaky, scary guy. No, it, this is really, really fun. It's an awful lot of fun. All those Bob Hope movies are pretty much the, uh, the same, but you, know, you get to see him in drag. You get to see him do his, uh, his you know, eye-rolling and all the junk that uh, goes along with it. Any Bob Hope movie, go for it. Lemon, Lemon Drop Kid, Shout Factory. Thank you for bringing it to us. Uh, Predators, we have here on Blu-ray, and Mark and I actually liked Predators, and for some reason it didn't really perform at the box office, despite the fact that it's actually decent, and Robert Rodriguez, as a producer this time, didn't uh, allow it to get bungled up. I think it's faithful to the Predators uh, saga and the environment and the universe they created for the, whole, for the Predators. You now get a caste system of Predators. It's a hunting reserve on this planet where they bring people from other parts of the universe. And in this case, a bunch of people from Earth who have to – it's like stranded on a desert island. And now they have to figure out how to turn the tables on the Predators. It's good. And Adrian Brody's good. And uh, I don't know why this didn't do well. But anyway, you got a ton of extra material on here. The commentary with Robert Rodriguez and the film's director, Nimrod Antal, is okay. It's fine. Not brilliant. It's sort of boilerplate. The rest of this is all just featurette stuff, but it's good. Mark? Yeah, uh, yes, ma'am. Yeah. I did like Predators. I was, yeah. I was surprised. You know what? It, uh, it's a great concept. It's basically the most dangerous game. Yeah. Uh, but it's good. Comes, you know with, a digi- comes you, with a digital copy, too. And you have a, a, you know, a multi-culty cast. Yeah, it's true. You know, and uh, they all get picked off by Predators. And uh, you know what? I, I, I like you know what? I like Predator. I like Predator 2 with Danny Glover. I did, too, with the Rastafarians. And I like this one. I do. I admit it. I'm, I'm, I'm all about it. Yeah. And there's 60 minutes of bonus material. Um, it's, a good-looking, it's a good-looking transfer. There's a bunch of featurettes on it, deleted scenes, good stuff. There's BD Live, which you know how much Wade and I love BD Live. Oh, we love BD Live. It's the best. Oh, it's so cool. So useful. Really Absolutely. Helps me under- it really helps me understand the film. Absolutely. Um, a, a movie called Agora, not to be confused with the city here in California that's just over the hill from us, Agora. This is Agora. Uh, this thing was like 70 or $80 million to make, and it it like tanked. New Market, which hasn't released a movie in five years, picked it up for the U.S., released it, and made about $0.18. Cents. Uh, and it's sad because it's directed by Alejandro Amenabar, who was a great director, uh, directed um, The Sea Inside, which won an Oscar, directed The Others with Tom Cruise, Nicole Kid- uh, produced by Tom Cruise with Nicole Kidman in it, directed... Uh, the original uh, Open Your Eyes, which was remade as uh, Vanilla Sky. I mean, he's a great, great Spanish director. 
So I don't know why nobody wanted to get behind. Well, I kind of know why they didn't get behind this. Um, Agora is about a particular point in time in the early Christian era when uh, in the city of Alexandria there was an enormous amount of religious, um, shall we say, friction. And it's a, it is a point in time when a lot of historical events kind of coincided and it all leads up to the burning of the uh, Library of Alexandria. And the film, it's not necessarily anti-religious, but it's certainly anti-religious hypocrisy. And uh, it's rooted in historical figures. I mean, uh, you know, Rachel Weisz plays the great Hypatia, who was one of the, you know, great philosopher mathematicians of the era. And um, it's... Look, if you were a great philosopher and mathematician of that era... Yeah. Basically, you figured out that 2 plus 2 is 4. That's not true. I mean, honestly. That's not true. There's a lot of great thinking in here. These people are smarter than we are. (laughs) They had DVDs. They had had better than Blu-ray. Really? We lost all that. When the Alexandria Library burned, all that information was lost. Yes, but you know where where that that information is stored? Google. In in that Star Trek episode where they go to that big library with that old man. Oh, yeah. Remember that? Mr. Atos. Yes. Yes. That's where all the information is. There's a lot of Atoses, though. Remember those? Yes. It's like they, they just keep coming and coming, the little bald guy. I just had – I referenced that just out of my own That's brain. pretty cool. And aren't you glad that – we're such nerds. It's pathetic. <laughs> anyway, there's, uh, there's a commentary by Amenabar that's very, very good and a uh, documentary here called Journey to Alexandria, which is excellent. Um, and uh, some other stuff on the storyboards and uh, production design that really gives you a sense of what an amazingly huge, cool epic this is. And I just don't I, – I wish, I wish it had done better. I really do. But uh, check it out. You'll learn a little bit about history at the same time. A little melodramatic in spots, but really incredible. A nice dramatization of uh, historical events. Well, because he's a terrific director. Mark, tell us about uh, tell us about how great an actor Josh Brolin is. Josh Brolin is is fine. I mean, Josh Brolin is the only. Josh Brolin is all that will uh, escape unscathed from the misbegotten Jonah Hex. Mm-hmm. And Jonah Hex uh, went through a really tortured uh, pre-production period where they lost their director. The directors, the directors, this team called uh, Neville, Dean, and Taylor, they wound up with a screenwriting credit, and Jimmy Hayward, who, of course, uh, directed Horton Hears a Who. So when when you think of the guy to direct uh, uh, Jonah Hex, why not the guy who directed Horton Hears a Who? Of course. I I, I see that. I do, too. And this is uh, based on a a DC comic, and uh, it is just absolutely terrible. It just just feels uh, uh, conceptualized and reconceptualized and rewritten. And eventually, all they got out of this thing was 82 minutes. That's the best they could do. Ow. And, uh, you, know, pe- you know, people think, you know, oh, it, if it's 82 minutes, that doesn't mean automatically that it's bad. Well, you know what? If you're Jonah Hex, yes, it does. Yeah, it does. This is supposed to be a big summer movie where people go see it. It's Josh Brolin, and it's a big DC movie. And if it's so bad that all they can get is 82 minutes of usable material, wow, that's bad. And uh, Megan Fox uh, is in it for some reason. John Malkovich uh, is fine. You know, choose it up. You know, we all love John Malkovich. The best thing about Red. Uh, there's some additional scenes. Uh, that's the only special feature in this crapped out DVD. Not even a Blu-ray. And, uh, you know, look, when when you subtract the end credits and like the slow motion shots of Joan on his horse. 20, left, 22 minutes. We're left with like 75 minutes of material. I mean, that's just bad. That's like an old Charlie Chan movie. <laughs> exactly. We got this thing, Mirrors 2. Oh, it's unrated. And they have lenticular, uh, testicular, matricular uh, packaging on the, on the DVD. That's a, that's a giveaway to me now that the movie is junk, usually. I just, I, I, I didn't see Mirrors 1. At least if I did, I don't remember it. And we see a lot of movies. But uh, some guy named Victor Garcia did this. And uh, this is one of those attempts at doing a horror franchise based around an idea that's just not very horrific. Um, the idea being that the the mirror in question uh, is like this weird portal, and uh, next, yeah, I know. <sighs> Nobody cares about this movie. Let's go on to the next. It, they're just not for that scary. They're not that scary. The, you know, it's it's this whole ah, through the looking glass. It's stay away from the mirror. Move it on. It's Blu-ray and DVD. I just I can't. I can't wrap my head around it. Uh, the RoboCop trilogy, Mark. How excited are we about this? Really excited. Here's the because because RoboCop three is such a good movie. You know what? When when you, you see, I'm kind of torn. Look, there's RoboCop one, RoboCop two, which was just dreadful, including one of the worst scores ever written. Yeah. And RoboCop three, at which point it was just as weird, like kind of canon, crapped out s- sequel. 
RoboCop obviously is a justifiable modern sci-fi classic. It's a great film. The issue is by the this. time we get to RoboCop three, we don't have Peter Weller anymore. Yeah, that's true. You know, Robert, you know, Robert, Burke Robert took this guy Robert Burke. Yeah, it was terrible. The problem is that you know RoboCop is a Criterion. Yeah, and if you have the Criterion RoboCop, you're basically done. Do you, you know, really need RoboCop on – unless you've got to have RoboCop on Blu-ray, Yeah, the Blu-ray quality, which maybe you do. Really, that's what you're buying. Make sure you always get the uncut RoboCop, the one that originally got the uh, NC-17 or the X at the time. I think it was X at the time. Actually, wait. Uh, well, here's NC- the thing. No, it was NC-17. Wait, I, I, here's the thing. I want you to vamp for time. Yeah, why? Because I don't remember if I have the RoboCop Criterion. If I okay. have the RoboCop Criterion – you can have that RoboCop Blu-ray. Okay. Let me see. Just to talk for about 30 seconds. Oh, I can Oh, I can vamp. I'm vamping while Mark goes away. Uh, anyway, you know, RoboCop, seriously, get the uncut version if you get it at all because it has – it's really – it was rated X or NC-17, whichever it was at the time, only for one very simple reason. Because the scene uh, where the, um, the, the X-9000 or whatever the thing is called blows away the guy accidentally during a demonstration – that went on interminably. He was like shooting at him, unleashing bullets, bullet after bullet after bullet, round after round for like a minute and a half solid. And I guess the ratings board was horrified, as they often are, by everything. But we don't care. We're going to move on. Wait, wait, stop the press. Yes, what? Okay. Yes. That's the uncut. The, I have Criterion unrated director's cut. That's it. By the way, unopened. Oh. I never opened it. Nice. Very bizarre. Special features in the Criterion version include the uh, unrated director's cut, audio commentary by uh, uh, Paul Verhoeven, film to storyboard comparison, storyboards, illustrated essay, trailer, uh, and teaser trailers. It's funny. This is actually not the uh, uh, best Criterion in terms of uh, extras. However, it is the uncut version, and there it is go. Criterion, Rock so I would, rather have, I would rather have this than have the, uh, the Blu-ray. Okay. Although, it's a, it's although, although, although I, I will say this, because the extras on the Criterion are not that great, if MGM scared up a bunch of great extras for this thing, maybe that would outweigh the Criterion only because it's Blu-ray and the Criterion extras are not that great. However, the, the, there are no extras on, the, on, on these trilogy ones. No, there's, there's squat here. No, there's squat. So really, if you've got yourself the Criterion Robocop uh, director's cut, unrated cut, keep that. Forget the Blu-ray. Gamera double feature. Mill Creek has released a Gamera double feature. Now, Mill Creek doesn't release most of these Gamera things. Mill Creek usually does uh, public domain stuff. And the the bulk of the Gamera titles usually come out from Shout Factory. And we've gotten a lot of great uh, Gamera titles from Shout Factory. But um, this is one from Mill Creek. It is Gamera, Guardian of the Universe, and Gamera 2, Attack of the Legion. And uh, not as nicely transferred as... uh, Normally, what you get on Shout Factory. Certainly, some compromises have been made here. But all the Gamera DVD uh, Blu-rays, all the Gamera Blu-rays. The one thing I can say about all of them, and Roger Ebert is 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 quoted as uh, as giving this three out of four stars. I find that very hard to believe. But anyway, uh, the thing I love about it is you can always tell the it's latex. You okay there, Mark? People are hearing your your chair squeak around. Oh, are they really? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. So, I'm, I'm sorry. I apologize. Yeah. I didn't know people were hearing it. They are hearing it. Well, at least they will be when this goes up. Uh, anyway, camera. You can always tell it's latex, not reptilian skin. Latex. Wait. Okay. We're, we're taking a break in the action. Yes. To remind people about the giveaway. Go. Oh, giveaway. Uh, send us a an email to gods at digigods.com with the word predators. Predators. I have mine. Correctly. Yes. In the uh, in the subject header, subject line, and then in the body of the email, please include your name and address, and we will do a drawing for a DVD, not a Blu-ray, but a DVD. Of Predators next week, and uh, Fox is being wonderful to us. We really appreciate their uh, their helping us out with our giveaways. Yep, loving our fans. Splice, Mark. It's all about splice. It's the spliciest. This is the, another strange little genre film that Adrian Brody did. You know what? This film is not that bad. It's it really isn't. I, I was surprised. I was shocked. I didn't see it in the theaters. Checked out on the Blu-ray, and uh, I love Sarah Polly too. Sarah Polly just always works for me. Yep. Um, movie not that bad not, not at all it's just I don't think they knew how to market this thing this is a well, yeah, that was a bomb the, the, that movie opened very disappointing I know I know But and they had a really kind of an interesting campaign but I don't know that it was a campaign that made people interested to see the movie um, I think they got people who were maybe looking for a horror film but this is this is more than a horror film it's more explain it Mark um, Splice 
is about this um, these genetic engineers, and they specialize in splicing together uh, you know DNA from yep. animals and yep. create crazy hybrids and whatnot. So now they decide to use human DNA and create this crazy revolutionary. Uh, uh, Thing, strange dude thing. thing, creature. And so the result is uh, this uh, girl, guy, girl thing called Dren. Yeah. And of course, uh, you know, this. what what I liked about it is that uh, there's sort of this thing where like Dren could kind of be their child. Yeah. So there's this weird man, woman, mother, father, yeah. husband, wife. The relationships are kind of creepy. Clive Owen, Sarah Polly, and, the, and this creature. That's the stuff I thought worked. Um, you know, when it becomes like kind of a scary thing, it, you know, it becomes well, fairly typical. This guy who uh, who co-wrote, co-conceived, and directed Vincenzo Natale, uh, I think he's got a, I think he's got a future. I'd like to see him get a chance at doing something a little bit different. Um, Guillermo del Toro was nice enough to throw his name on this. It has a del Toro kind of feel, but I'll bet he did nothing but put his name on it. By the way, can I remind you of something? Sure. Dren is nerd spelled backwards. Oh, look at that. Aren't you clever? Just in time for Halloween is the Rocky Horror Picture Show, 35th anniversary limited edition DVD book. This is like um, one of those deals that Warner Brothers uh, usually does routinely, and now it's being copied by Fox. It's not as good as what Warner Brothers does. What is that? It's, oh, it's, it's the Blu-ray. Yeah, it's the Blu-ray. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, with Tim Curry looking unbelievably young in makeup on the on the cover. It's just... Anyway, um, I, I don't know that I really want to see this movie in Blu-ray. Oh, come on! It kind of, you know, you want to see this scratchy in a, in a, in a theater, and, and right, don't you? No. Don't you see, no? No. No? Look, come on, it's got a lot of great stuff on it. It's got tons of great stuff, but I mean, the, the image quality, do you really want it that pristine? Don't you want to see it, like, on a dirty screen at midnight? It's a, still... It, 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 look... You know, we, we've talked about digital noise reduction and how yeah. sometimes you get these films that are old or maybe purposely shot to be grainy, but for some reason, because people expect Blu-rays to be clean, yes. that they put all this digital noise reduction on it to make it artificially clean. Yes. And m- movies are getting a little bit uh, – some of these distributors are getting a little bit smarter about um, keeping grain where it's necessary. Correct. And here, there's a little bit of grain in here. I yep. don't want this. You don't want this. I want this. You can have it then. Yay. Happy Halloween. Thank you. Uh, Romeo plus Juliet. Now that's Romeo with the plus symbol Juliet because that's the Boz Lerman way. Boz has this, this, this thing. I never really got onto this. I like my Boz, but I don't know that I ever really got on the Romeo and Juliet bandwagon. Mark? Uh, I did not. Yeah, I did I'm sort of on the Boz bandwagon. Well, we we got two Blu-rays here. We got Romeo plus Juliet and Moulin Rouge. And Moulin Rouge is the one that got all just the heaps of Oscar nominations and all the acclaim. And it's grown on me over the years. I hate some of the scenes in it. I think they're cut too quickly. And I think some of it's just way too wacky, funny. And uh, John Leguizamo's just odd casting. And it just it doesn't quite work. But I like enough of it. I like the reconceptualization of all those pop songs. So I kind of got with it, and I'm getting more and more with it. But Romeo and Juliet still doesn't quite work for me. Uh, DiCaprio and Claire Danes, I guess it's it, you know it's a completely reconceptualized Romeo and Juliet. And uh, there's an interesting picture-in-picture thing here with a, an audio commentary that kind of uh, – usually I think that's a little bit too much flash and sizzle, but they really kind of do – Make their case for why the film should be taken more seriously, and uh, okay, look, I'm not convinced, but uh, I, I'm 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 a little bit further along. Okay, I'll trade you. What's your husband? This for that. Predators for Moulin Rouge. Yes, I had the Moulin Rouge. I have the Moulin Rouge DVD. Well, well, okay then. So now I would have the Moulin Rouge Blu-ray. Okay then. But I would be willing to trade you, unless you want to give me all of them, which is fine too. Uh, well, I'll, I'll I'll do that trade. Okay. Moulin Rouge, we're <laughs> horse trading right here, folks. <laughs> See, <laughs> this is this is how the sausage is made right here. That's it. Wade gets them, and then uh, if I'm lucky, I get a couple. Yeah. Uh, Moulin. Well, you you know you can have Jonah Hex if you want. Uh-huh. Give me Jonah Hex. <laughs> yeah, all right. And Moulin Rouge has uh, also has the picture-in-picture picture with audio commentary feature, which is, I don't think, as interesting as Romeo and Juliet, just because I was waiting for them to make their case to me in Romeo and Juliet. But it's also got a, really, a new featurette, A Creative Adventure, which uh, was, was nice. Nothing particularly new there, but uh, a lot of great stuff on here. Interesting little movie. I'm, loving, I'm liking it more and more. I will take this, and you will take that. There we go. Yay. There you go. 
And then lastly, as we wrap up our, our splurge of movies, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> if, you don't, if you don't buy this 65 times, oh you, my are, gosh. you are not this a fan is, of the Digigods. This is why, this is why Blu-ray exists. Three discs, folks. Three discs. Apocalypse Now. Oh. Thank you. Thank you. Full disclosure edition. The full disclosure so edition. Good. It is. It's great. It's really amazing. Um, here's this is just mind boggling. This is so good. Here's what you get, folks. On disc one, you get Apocalypse Now and Apocalypse Now Redux. Which, by the way, I'm not a fan of. I'm saying I, I, it now. I, I don't like it either, actually. Uh, but it's there at least, you know, so that you can so that you can argue about it. And all that has, has the commentary with Francis Ford Coppola, which is perfectly fine and perfectly good. Uh, disc 2 has a whole bunch of really, really cool extras. There's uh, new video interviews with Francis Ford Coppola and John Melius and Martin Sheen. Uh, a, a new thing called Fred Ruse Casting Apocalypse, where uh, Fred Ruse, the producer, talks about um, uh, their screen tests, like original screen tests that you, you won't believe. Um, and a 1938 radio reading by Orson Welles of Heart of Darkness, which is pretty creepy. And then there's uh, a video interview of Francis Coppola with Roger Ebert, which you see in com- top to bottom, and it's really, really good. And a bunch of other interesting features there as well. But disc three, this is what makes this worthwhile. Finally, we get Hearts of Darkness along with the movies. Hearts of Darkness is oh. It's there. It is beautiful. The ultimate documentary about the making of this insane film. Folks. It, it's great. Buy at the end. It's great. It's all over. The end. Uh, yeah. Buy it. Yeah. Done. Why are you not buying it? Why have you not bought it yet? It's, yeah, exactly. It needs to be bought. So bravo, Lionsgate. And the transfer. Let's talk about the transfer. Looks great. Amazing. Looks great. Stunning. Yep. Staggering. And, and, and really, it not, it's like not quite thin red line great, but it's pretty close. So Lionsgate, yeah. kudos. You know what? It's, uh, it's presented in 235 to 1. Oh, right. Beautiful. And by the way, very first time, and it's that's its original theatrical aspect ratio. Yeah. And it's never been presented that way on DVD. Very true. But now on Blu-ray, you get it in two, three, five, and uh, the colors are are there's they're just full, and the the, the blacks are really kind of dark, and uh, oh, it's so good. Absolutely fabulous. It's been transferred in four K, by the way. I know. It's so good. So good. By the way, why are you why are you listening to this and not buying it? That's, uh, because they have to hear about CSI Miami and why uh, and all the wonderful things you're going to say about this show. <laughs> God, David Caruso, he's just the worst. Uh, he, <laughs> he, does that mean you don't want to talk about it? No. Ooh, this eighth season of CSI Miami. It's it's so much better than the first seven seasons. Of course, this is the one you want. If you skip those first seven seasons. CSI Miami, eighth season, is the one you want to buy. There is a bunch of uh, special features, which I was kind of uh, surprised to see, considering you know by the time most shows get to an eighth season, they just crap out these DVDs. They do. They don't put anything but, on them. But uh, you know, here's the thing is that uh, you got a bunch of uh, you know interesting special episodes this season, characters leaving, whatnot, and so forth. And uh, there's also some audio commentaries. So it's not a bad DVD set if you do like the show. Uh, they did a good job considering that you're eight seasons down the line, but I just don't really care about the show. Yeah. Uh, the uh, first season of the real L word. You know, the L word was that uh, that Showtime lesbian show, right? And uh, the real L word is like reality lesbians. I don't. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not really gonna object to either one, frankly. Mark, what lesbians? Yeah, I'm on board. Yeah, we're. we're I, on board. I agree. Yeah, I'm good to go. Special features here uh, include the National Can Lesbian Winter Party with Pam Greer. Mark. If I said to you, the National Gay and Lesbian Winter Party with Pam Greer, just let your imagination run wild. Yeah, but Pam Greer to me is not a sex object. Not anymore? <laughs> I don't know if she ever, ever? was. Really? She, she's super cool. Where were you but, in the 70s? No, no, no. She's super cool. But it wasn't like a, like a sex object super cool. My goodness. We have to talk. <laughs> Uh, anyway, there's a bunch of other stuff on here that's just really kind of fluff, but that's the one, that's the real, that's the great one. Uh, I don't know if this show is that great to be in, in all seriousness. Uh, it's, uh, it feels a little bit like it's stretching to take advantage of the, the whole Jersey Shore, uh, oh, real don't, housewives don't thing, Shore but you know what I'm in saying? Front of me. But you know what I'm saying? It's, it's stretching to try and take advantage of that whole aspect of reality television, which every year is morphing into something slightly more lascivious and... And psychotic. Uh, I, I don't even know who Snooky is. I just I s- try my best not to pay attention. 
You know, I finally saw a picture of her. I really didn't know anything about her, and uh, yeah. she's pretty uh, ugly. She's usually <laughs> short and pudgy. Well, I think that's the appeal. That's you short and pudgy? Yeah, I guess. Tales from the Dark Side kind of had its moment. It was one of those anthology shows. Uh, it's mostly horror. And, uh, you know, I liked some of these back in the day. This is, we're talking, um, we're talking like the 80s. This um, final season is 87, 88, 20 episodes, mm. three discs. And uh, there's also, you know, actually, this is a good DVD because there's a bonus episode. Oh. That uh, nobody ever saw, ever. And that's pretty cool. So anyway, Tales from the Dark Side, is it Twilight Zone? Nothing ever will be. Is it Outer Limits? Not quite. Is it even, uh, I don't know, whatever, a creep show? No, it is not. Oh, I mean, Tales from the Crypt? Not really. No, no. I think Tales from the Dark Side is the worst of the anthology shows, but that said, there uh, since there's, when, put it this way, when, whenever there's 20 of anything, one or two will be okay. Yeah. And there you have Tales from the Dark Side, the final season. And speaking of final seasons, we also have the final season of The Tudors, which, you know, wound up being a surprisingly decent show. It's um, it's a perfect balance between stupid television soap opera and something a little bit more British and sophisticated. And even though Jonathan Rhys Myers is nowhere near the size and the heft and the gravitas of uh, King Henry VIII in any way whatsoever... He still pulls it off as the young King Henry VIII and all of the uh, machinations in his uh, very scandalous life. Um, y- you know what? I uh, I really, really think this is a cool series. I'm sorry to see it go, but there it is. It's uh, the final season of The Tudors, from show- also from Showtime. And uh, extras, not much. There's uh, like there are two episodes of uh, the United States of Terra and this via eBridge. Uh, stuff that I couldn't figure out that they it's it's not even worth talking about but anyway uh, but United States of Terra there's an interesting show huh I guess if you like Tony Collette I love Tony Collette so do I but I don't like what's her face who wrote uh, oh Diablo Cody yeah Marcus Welby MD Starring the father of Jonah Hex. Wake up your parents. Here comes the only <laughs> DVD they care about this week. <laughs> Look, at the, it's Jonah Hex's dad. This is a, this is a week for uh, anybody named Brolin. Uh, James Brolin, of course, was the, the young Stephen Kiley, who uh, was sort of the reason that anybody was younger or female would watch this show, which uh, was sort of one of the original medical shows on television. And uh, it's not ER, I'll tell you that right now. Not even, not by any stretch. Uh, Robert Young, perfectly fine actor. I grew up knowing him as a spokesman for all kinds of junk on television, like, you know, toilet paper, who knows what, whatever it was he was pitching. Hi, I'm Robert Young for fill in the blank. Uh, but do you, Mark, do you remember where, uh, where the practice was on Marcus Welby? Oh, was it, uh, 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 was it Martin Luther King General Junior Hospital? It was in Santa Monica. Oh, really? Yeah. I lived well, in Santa Monica for 15 I years. No, you did. This show ran for seven years. Wow, amazing. Anyway, there's nothing else on here. It's just 24 episodes from uh, season two of Marcus Welby, and uh, you get to see James Brolin, who's actually not as good of an actor as his son. His son Except being... Except uh, Jonah Hex. Although, you know what I'd say? I, I, you, you liked him in... Uh, you liked James Brolin in the Woody Allen film? I just wasn't there. Yeah, oh, I just don't it. know... I don't know what the problem is with you. <laughs> Because there's nothing soft about him, even like even a, a, a guy who what? Yes. Oh God. <laughs> awesome, huh? TV flashbacks. This is uh, from the good people at Shot Factory. You know, uh, Wade and I always like always no, like Shot, Shot Factory. Factory. It's not Shot Factory. It says no, no, no. Oh, Shout. It's Mill Creek. Where Mill Creek. Mill oh. Creek's releasing these. Oh, look at that. Yeah, because it says Shout on it too. Well, Shout originally released them, and uh, I think Shout is involved in – I think Shout is sub-licensing them now to Mill Creek. They originally came out as Shout Factory releases. That's what I find interesting. Now they're, they're being kind of sub-licensed to Mill Creek. Well, what's funny is that uh, uh, when I picked these up and I saw it said Shout Factory on it, I thought to myself, God, this is a pretty shoddy-looking DVD set for Shout Factory. Yeah, no. And it turns out that it's Mill Creek, so now I get it. Uh, Punky Brewster, 10 episodes of Punky Brewster. This is called Turn Your World Around and 10 very special episodes of Blossom. Oh, so special. Including the pilot episode. Whatever happened to her, that well, me and Bialik girl? I don't know. Um, anyway, Blossom was a uh, Emmy-nominated t- uh, show, a sitcom. Uh, you, know, you, know, my, you know what would make the perfect uh, trilogy of these? What? Uh, small Wonder. 
Blossom, the Punky worst. Brewster, and Small Wonder. These shows are terrible. You know, uh, we met Punky Brewster. Do you remember? We did? Yes, we did. Who played Punky Brewster again? What's her name? Soleil Moon Fry. Oh, yeah. When did we meet her? You don't remember, do you? No. <laughs> it was, oh, we're, we're, we're going back in time now. You remember when we were on a on a we were on, we were working on a, on the set of a certain film that a friend of ours had written, and you were an extra and I was wrangling extras. Do you remember this? Is this where we were? Is this in the bar? Yes. You don't remember this, do you? Let no. me refresh you. We're working on the last call. God. Okay. Right. And this is where Mark came up with the idea of the rampaging extra, which was really quite a wonderful idea. <laughs> awesome. Um, and uh, and uh, there was another film. This was at Lacey Street Studios. And there was another film that was shooting at the Lacey Street, and Lacey Street Studios is like, this is low-rent movie-making, folks. I mean, this is like the, the production office that they make available to you if you're, you're renting, like, stage space to make your movie. One phone line. How many film productions need one phone line or can make do <laughs> very, with one very phone Very, very small line? ones. It's just unbelievable. So, um, no, there was another film that was shooting there adjacent, and she was in it post-breast reduction. I, I, she was well, playing a DA or something. I didn't know what. I, I have no idea. How did you know she was there? Because the crews, because Lacey Street is about the size of a dime, and because you, you can actually hear the noise from the adjacent soundstage through the paper thin walls that separate them. It's the most pathetic excuse for a really? studio on the planet. Yes, we, we were. They, you walk seven feet I, and you're on the other set. I don't remember talking about that. Thinking make a, about make that. a wrong turn and suddenly you're you're in someone else's movie. I think you are it's thinking hysterical. of another uh, movie called Last Call. I'm not. I can't believe you didn't you, you didn't experience the Soleil Moon Fryness there. It was some low budget. I was sitting next to you, but like well, 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 no, I was sitting next to uh, Dave Barnblad, right? Yes, for you half were. the movie. Yeah, so I was just sitting in a booth in the bar, just saying, "Wouldn't it be funny if we just threw this table up and just started rampaging the set? <laughs> I, How long would I it came take?" Up with this <laughs> idea called the rampaging extra, which is that let's say you're an extra on now. Let's say you're an extra on a movie, right? And you're really bored. You know, movie making is so boring. And let's say you're an extra. You're sitting in a bar, and you decide. You're fed up. You know, you're really bored. You got nothing to do and you're getting really angry. What if you just decided to just get up, bum rush the camera, tip it over, hit the director in the face, knee the DP in the groin, just completely go nuts? How long do you think it would take before somebody tackled you? Awesome. If you became the rampaging extra. And just decided to just go ape ass all over the set. How long would it take? You got to figure. Yeah. You've got at least between seven to ten seconds before yeah. people say, "Oh my God, there's something happening. I have to do something about this." And then they got to. And then they got to tackle you. Yeah. So in that, let's say fifteen seconds, you can probably destroy the camera. Uh, you can probably uh, mildly injure most of the key uh, crew members, yeah, and maybe take out a supporting actor, yeah, and then and then then they'll tackle you. Probably true, but th- so that's the theory of the rampaging extra. Uh, we are uh, we're, we're gonna uh, it's brilliant. I love it. We're gonna we're gonna wrap up a little bit here. By the way, Mark wanted to do that when we saw uh, the right stuff some years ago, at a, and they had a panel <laughs> afterwards, and Ed Harris was there, and Mark had this fantasy about running down to the front of the Egyptian theater and just just. Just sucker punching Ed Harris and trying to run out and see how long it would no, take. It was like it was like Ed Harris, DP uh, Caleb Deschanel, yeah. and like five other people. Yeah, and they're just they're in the front of the stage and they're answering questions. And I thought, what if all of a sudden <laughs> this guy just runs down to the to the front of the stage and starts. Just hitting people in the face. <laughs> he just hits Ed Harris in the face. He hits Caleb Deschanel in the face. He hits Barbara Hershey in the face. How long do you think it would take before somebody said, oh, my God, somebody's hitting – somebody is by like – th- By the third person, you'd be tackled. I, you, you but gotta, if you just clock Ed Harris and then turn around and run back up the stairs, I'll bet you could probably almost get to the top of the stairs. I bet people would be so stunned yeah. that they'd probably let you get to the yeah. top of the stairs and then they'd say – Somebody, <laughs> tackle him. somebody just hit Ed Harris in the face. Tackle him. Oh, BBC America showed uh, the series Being Human, Being Human Season 2 on Blu-ray. Um, all of this werewolf and vampire stuff started with Underworld, at least in the movies. And uh, Underworld gave it a whole kind of a, you know, uh, S&M gothic look. And then, of course, we wound up with Twilight. And uh, the British give us Being Human, which is basically Twilight done British television style. And uh, it, I think it's... You know, I'm not a fan of the Twilight movies, but this is perfectly acceptable. Being Human has a certain cool BBC sheen to it. The, and uh, some interesting extras, uh, but it also has some Easter eggs, which um, I didn't bother trying to find. But allegedly it does. 
And uh, then we also have, I want to get to the really good stuff here, we've got The Mentalist with uh, Simon Baker, who actually is Australian or something. I, you, you wouldn't know it from watching the show, but I've seen interviews. I know these things. Uh, a bunch of interesting special features here. One is called Mentalism, a Subliminal Art. Which is almost gives me a, be- a better appreciation for the show. It's actually very, very interesting. You're, you kind of learn more about like a real mentalist named Luke Germay. And he, um, he sort of becomes like an advisor to the film. And you, you, you get a sense of just how authentic the show really is thanks to him kind of giving them the insights that he does. And uh, then you have a little thing here with the executive producer, uh, Chris Long, and some uh, unaired scenes, which are not that impressive. But this is the second season of The Mentalist, the second season with Simon Baker. Um, actually, I'm, I'm learning to appreciate the show more. There's a lot of that this week. I'm not learning to appreciate uh, The Ghost Whisperer. Thank goodness this is the final season. Jennifer the Breast Whisperer. Jennifer Love Hewitt. The Breast Whisperer. She's adorable. She's wonderful. But this show has just, it's just, it never should have been. It really shouldn't have. Uh, it's just silly, but it's got, you know, special features that I'm sure fans will absolutely love, like celebrating 100. Yay, the 100th episode. Please go away. But here, Mark, you know what I want to talk about? I want to spend a little bit of time today talking about this. <laughs> this. Finally, this is your... This is oh, your... this is... I saved the best for last, baby. I saved the best for last. The Bionic Woman, season one. Not the new Bionic Woman. Not that thing from a couple of years ago that was, you know, like Buffy, except she had gears in her knees. No, 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 no. This is the original Bionic Woman, which oddly enough is now coming out on DVD before The Six Million Dollar Man, which is due out soon as well but in a complete collection set from that Time is, Life. That is true. Now, the, but the, I'm worried, you know, the Time Life uh, DVD collections are a little low rent. They, they really are. You're they don't really put a lot into them. really hoping that maybe Columbia would come out with it. Or I know. Somebody a little better than Time Life. Well, this is the, the – Lindsay Wagner, I'll tell you, I, Jamie Summers, I, I loved all those shows at the time. And this is the first season of The Bionic Woman, which I was just elated with when, uh, when it finally aired. It's absolutely terrific. You get some really cool episodes here, um, especially in the bonus features. You get some uh, f- crossover episodes from The Six Million Dollar Man, which there were a number of them, actually. And there were some shows that sort of started on hit, you know, like, like the Bigfoot shows and the Fembot shows. And there were some really interesting uh, crossover bits. So I'm glad they include those here in the bonus features so I don't have to wait for those seasons to come. A gag reel, which was so awesome. So awesome seeing a gag reel for a show from like 35 years ago. And uh, a featurette and some photo galleries and uh, audio commentaries, which are great because these people are still around. So please get this show out and get more audio commentaries going because I love them. Love them. And a uh, new interview on here with Lindsay Wagner that is just to die for. So you will uh, – it's just – it's the bionic woman. Come on. Get it. It rules. It's the greatest <laughs> show. If you're, if you're like in your 20s and you've never seen any, any of these episodes, come on. Mark, there's a whole generation out there that does not know what we mean when we do things slowly and go, Yeah, you know what? In, 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 right. Instead of that, they, they, you know what they get? The Sopranos. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's not much of a, not much of a competition. Oh, man. But you know what? I, I, I will say this. Wade's love for the Bionic Woman is genuine. It is. It really you, oh, I, you, you, you talk about this. Oh, I just love the Bionic Woman. Jay, honestly, Lindsay Wagner, that was all, it was, it was all about Lindsay Wagner. Really? She wasn't pretty to me. I mean, she was oh. pretty, but it wasn't. Again, it was like Pam Greer, not, not, oh, not sex pretty. The best. Loved it. Steve Austin had good taste. Now I'll the Bionic that. Dog? Oh, yeah. Maximilian. You know why he was named Maximilian? Oh, my God. Because he cost, cost a million. million yeah, that's right. Yeah. All right. Well, you can email us again at gods giveaway. At, giveaway gods at digigods.com. Put predators in the subject. Put your name and address in the uh, in the body. Get it to us on Wednesday or Thursday. That is Wednesday or Thursday, the twentieth or twenty first, and uh, we'll do a drawing next week and uh, give away three copies of Predators on DVD. Otherwise, catch up with us on our Facebook page uh, or at stupidformovies.com. Watch us on Thursday evenings, eight o'clock Pacific time. Or uh, go to youtube.com slash stupidformovies. And uh, we're all over the place. Just uh, catch us somewhere. And we will see you next week. <laughs>